Cougs house. All right. So the Houston Cougars are one of a lot of teams and an exciting potential transfer prospect out of the transfer portal in men's basketball. But is he a Coug? You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay some of the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Uh, to the everyday, it's good to see you again. We just talked yesterday some about uh, change the Big 12. We talked some about football transport this week. But today, we got to spend a moment talking about basketball. But first, before we get there, we got to remind you guys about the contest running. The hat, just like the one I have on, it's a Nike dry fit hat. It's got the locked on on the side. It says Go Cougs down at Cougar Paw on the front. Go Cougs. That is going to someone we have 1,250 YouTube subscribers. So, to make sure we get there, hit subscribe down below and make sure you're in the contest. Hit like and comment something down below. If you're not a hoops person, not too in the transfer portal, at the end of this, you don't know what to say. In the bottom, tell us if you prefer your pretzels with peanut butter or with chocolate. Only pick one. All right. So today's episode, we're going to talk some about the transfer portal um, and the basketball side of things because a large, both metaphorically and literally, recruit is in there and looking at Houston, one of a laundry list of schools that he could end up at. Uh, we're talking about if Grant Nelson is a potential Coug, what that fit looks like. And if it's not him, I got a couple guys in the second segment I want to look at some as well, in the second part of the show at least, to talk about how they would fit in. And in the third segment, we do have to spend a little bit of time talking baseball because the Houston Cougar baseball team might just be for real, folks. Now, let's start some with Grant Nelson. Now, if you are not familiar with Grant Nelson, you are not alone. The man is a 6'10 point forward from North Dakota State University. Yes, that's North Dakota State. He is a transfer, um, eligible to play immediately if he would like. He averaged 18 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and 2.6 blocks per game at 6'10", 215 last year. Um, he is a potential pro prospect and is in the NBA draft process as it currently stands. I say that because um, one of the, I think, overwhelming things that you're hearing people talk about this kid is that if it comes down to it, He'd rather go pro. The hesitation is, is that he might not be sought after high enough to be a like, guaranteed get a contract type of pick. He's currently projected before the combine as one of those late first, early second round kind of guys. You know, um, those kinds of things are interesting because a first round guy gets a contract. A second round guy gets a camp invite, right? Those are dramatically different evaluations or different results, I should say, on a similar evaluation. Um, and so... That's obviously fairly much of a gamble for him. Um, I will say that he is a tremendous basketball player. If you look at a lot of the things he does, um, and it, we call him a point forward because for North Dakota State, he legitimately would take the rebound off the rim and lead the fast break. He was their primary ball handler on most full court sets. And then in half court actions, he was their creator by all accounts, um, or, or by all, I, I should say, statistical measures. Um, I, I think the one thing you can knock him on if you're trying to project into the pros. Uh, and what may make him come back to college is that 
He shot just 27% from three last season. Now, I should point out that on catch and shoot, unguarded or open threes, he shot just over 35%. Um, and for what it's worth, as a freshman, when he's not the focal point of the offense, he shot 36% from three. So it's kind of like, which one of those Grant Nelsons are you getting? He has listed Houston as one of, again, a laundry list of schools he could end up at. Uh, he has heard from Kentucky, Gonzaga, Kansas, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Texas Tech, St. John's, LSU, UCF, Miami, Florida State, Villanova, Villanova, that's hard to say fast, Nebraska, Georgetown, Cal, and Baylor. Um, so if you haven't figured it out, a lot of people are very, very high on this kid as a college basketball player if not very many people are high on him as a pro basketball player after said combine. Um, I will say that he's an incredibly unique prospect. Um, he is testing the draft first. That makes a of sense. But I think the deal is, is that there's a chance he has a real shot there just because as a 6'10 guy that has some wiggle with the handle, that's kind of just the positionless way the pro game is going. Whereas in college, we'll see him be more of a stretch four or a stretch five even. It's hard to say, you know, that a guy like him couldn't make it in the NBA, even if he had to fine-tune some more specific skills. Uh, I was really impressed in watching a couple different uh, sets of games from him. I will say finding full games in Dakota State is hard to do. Um, but he is very, very creative with the ball in his hands. He varies his finishes a lot. He's very creative in how he gets that right hand for some finishes. Um, and then his height and length makes when he's got a full head of steam, he is a poster waiting to happen. I mean, he is rising up over the top of people. Tremendous, tremendous length and athleticism there. Um, defensively, as far as like broad strokes kind of things go, um, some work to do, right? He's not the best backside help defender and defending the rim, um, which you would expect a guy that you would expect a guy that's 6'10 and long to be able to do that kind of thing. It doesn't seem like it's very natural or at least not his MO, or maybe honestly with how much they put on his shoulders at North Dakota State, maybe it's just not where his energy lies, right? Um, I I don't know how well that will translate to the NBA because 6'10 guys have to kind of defend the rim, but I will say that if he wanted to work on it, one thing I think that makes him a perfect Houston Cougar is that Samson, Samson and company can really like develop that. They've done a great job developing bigs, and frankly, they are some of the best defensive coaches in the country, right? And so the idea that they could like help this guy develop the defense side of his game and then go back to the NBA draft combine a year from now after having worked on it, I would think would be a fairly natural sell, right? Um, now, I feel like he fits in with Houston in a number of ways. Um, and I think offensively and defensively, he's a much more – he increases the ceiling offensively while like being a work in progress defensively. And so when I say future Coog or perfect Coog, I, I think that those things are both question marks still. We, you know, we're trying to figure out how exactly he rolls and fits into things. Um, for instance, on offense, he would be kind of a hybrid between what Tremont Mark and Jairus Walker did a year ago, which sounds perfect, right? Um, as a ball handler, I think you'd run an inverted pick and roll with him out of some of the driven uh, double drag sets that they do, and that'd be getting him attacking downhill. And then as the pick and pop guy, you could have LJ Cryer, Damian Dunn, other guys coming to the transfer portal, or Terrence Arsenal, Emmanuel Sharp, Jamal Shedd even coming off that pop. And suddenly he's attacking a smaller defender if they switch it. If they don't switch it, they got to somehow scramble back to the pop, right? And they got Oregon in front of him going downhill. You got Juwan Roberts in the backside, Dunker Spike. You have a lot of easy actions out of it um, because of the creativity he brings. Um, 
on offense, he would also, in spot-up situations, pull a five-man out from the basket because regardless of how the shooting translates or doesn't, he is so creative with the basketball out along the perimeter that I think he'd be able to pull that guy out and then let Jawan Roberts work down the low block with the left hand. Um, again, defensively, his backside, what I call backside's two-step gap. So if you think about like attacking the left wing and they've put the backside big on the you know right block, he's got to make a decision either to two-step gallop and defend the rim and be still in the spot where he can like recover to his outside guy to cover a shooter, right? Um, he struggles with this, that decision sometimes. It feels like he makes it late in watching film. Um, and so I, I think that because it's late, it's not that he can't get to the rim and defend blocks or defend shots with blocks and get in the way and that kind of stuff. Because it's a late decision, I feel like that's the kind of thing Houston and then Sampson and probably, honestly, Kellen Sampson would all be able to work with him on and help develop. Um I, I do want to point out that he is not a perfect prospect, though. And in the second segment, I'm going to talk some about what his deficiencies are. And if there are guys I'd like to see Houston also look at, if he were to go pro or go somewhere else, that maybe have different or less deficiencies, even if their ceilings aren't quite as high. But first, I got to talk about Bilt Bar. Because Bilt Bar is a delicious snack without all of the sugar and the calories, right? Um, now, if you're like me and you want to have, be making healthier snack choices in 2023, but you don't want to compromise on taste, you got to go try Built Bar. Uh, they're covering 100% real chocolate. They're healthy and they taste amazing. Uh, they come in all these different cool flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. It's even better that they are healthy. They're just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. I just ordered like four boxes. The real talk, I ordered like four boxes this morning because they kind of become, as a teacher, I'm on the go. we got to be at work before 720. And um, they're my breakfast. They're an easy grab-and-go protein-filled tasty breakfast. Yes, I feel like I'm eating candy for breakfast. Uh, and now... You don't need to wait around to get a box. Uh, for years, we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, which you can get them at Walmart, Sam's Club. Uh, you can still get your specialty flavors, obviously, you want a unique ones at built.com. But that is correct. You can go to your local Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or the coconut puffs. If you're at Sam's Club, you can buy a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puffs. Trust me, thank you later. Yes, I ordered the coconut almond this morning. Yes, that's my favorite flavor. Yes, I think it should be yours too because it tastes just like an almond joy. So go to build.com or your local Walmart or Sam's Club today and grab yourself a box of built bars. All right. So I said that there are some flaws in Grant Nelson, and I really do think there's a chance he's a cougar. I'm not just spewing that because I think that he's going to get feedback in the combine about things he needs to work on that Houston is great at developing in their big men, right? However, the other things that he needs to develop are actually some of his offensive game. So in watching him, it's very quick and very obvious. He finishes almost exclusively inside of five feet with his right hand, and he gets to the right hand, is super crafty, and is very able to get there. Um, but I think he's going to have to have some counters. It's interesting he in his back down post-up game, which is more common in college than the pros, admittedly. Um, he does a great job of getting pump fakes and getting shoulders and creating separation to get to that right hand, but you almost never see him get back to the left on a spin move. If anything, he likes working the left side of the floor to then spin back to his right when they overplay him because of his athleticism, right? Um, 
I I also think it's interesting that um, it, it will be interesting. I should say to see how he fits into at the pro level, or hopefully for Houston, a more balanced scheme. I mean, if he comes to Houston, he has to share the shots with LJ Cryer. He has to share the, share the shots with Jamal Shedd. He has to share the shots with uh, Terrence Arsenault or Emmanuel Sharp or Damian Dunn, like all of these other guys on the floor. Never mind, like Cordell comes in as a freshman or Jojo Tugler comes in as a freshman. Jo- oh, Shouts to Jojo Tugler, by the way, uh, Team USA under-19 team guy. Great, great uh, accomplishment for future Coog. Um, he has to share shots with those guys. At North Dakota State, they ran a one-side versus four-side offense. And by that, I mean there was him going ice on one side, and then the other four guys were running some sort of a combination of actions to free one of them up based on who went to go double, right? Um, a, the positive of that is that that's a tremendous effort out of Grant Nelson to work that side of the floor and get a shot off against defenses so balanced to try and stop him. But B, how that point forward thing fits in with a more balanced offense or a more balanced roster will be something to see. I mean, basketball is not a spreadsheet, right? While he fits in in a bunch of different ways, how that fits in with Houston, and trust me, Samson is not a fan of egos. How that fits in with Houston will be interesting to watch. Now, Houston's reach out. I think that means they're confident that they they can make it work, but it's something I want to see, and, and I just don't know what it looks like. Um, I mentioned the struggle defensively on the gallop to defend the rim and making the decision there. I will also say that I he had a lot of shoulders offensively, so this may sound like I'm really sliding him, and I I say it more as someone who kind of gets it, but he very clearly took a lot more plays off defensively in his time in North Dakota State than he did on offense, right? Because he had to run the whole offense. And then on defense, he's like grabbing his shorts, like catching his breath because he's got to play all, you know, 40 minutes. And he's got to have the whole offense with the ball in his hand the whole time. I would hope that that would naturally transition to where he can play both sides of the floor with more energy if he has the ball in his hands less and is therefore being like utilized less on offense, I would also say again that like Samson's not going to just let him play. I mean, Samson sat Jarris Walker when he didn't feel like Jarris Walker's playing defense up to snuff and Jarris Walker's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft, right? Like I, I don't think that that would happen here or wouldn't happen to him on the floor much here, but I do think it's something to have a cautious eye for again, Samson, Samson and company have reached out. I think that means they feel like they're fairly comfortable at fixing it. Just something I think it's worth keeping an eye on. If, and I say if, he chooses somewhere else because he has the pro thing coming up. He's made very clear he'd rather go pro. Um, and then he's got, like I mentioned, a laundry list of schools that have offered him. There's still a handful of bigs in the transfer portal I think Houston should look at. Um, and so one guy is Musa Cease, a kid out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he actually started off at Memphis, which is not a ringing indict, a ringing endorsement, I should say. Um, but Oklahoma State, he averaged seven points and eight rebounds in just 22 and a half minutes per game. But what struck me as a Houston guy, thing about him, or made him a Houston guy to me, is as a 6'10", 225-pound big man, he had a crazy high motor. He dunks everything. He is like screaming and yelling and jumping and leaping and all the things that I feel like fit in with what Houston values culturally out of their big men. Um, high motor is really important for what Houston does offensively and defensively with their big guys because Houston's biggest thing is the big guys are causing chaos on the rebounds 
and just end up coming up with more of them than not because over the course of a game that wears down the other team's rebounders and makes it you know more advantageous. I think he can do that, and I would hope he could do that for more than 22 and a half minutes in Houston if he came. Um, another guy is Olivier uh, Nakamwa. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Tennessee games until I was trying to study this guy, to be completely honest, because Tennessee games are super low scoring. But he's a 6'8", 225-pound. He's called a power forward. Um, he might get to play some small ball center or with Jawan Roberts. May, they play both, both guys play both positions. Um, however, for what it's worth, I think that um, his defensive intensity he played with at Tennessee fits very well with Houston. As far as statistics go, he's 6'8", 225, scores 10.8 points per game, five rebounds and two assists. He played just 25 and a half minutes per game. Um, he has a great job through like just sheer determination and hard work though at 6'8", 225 of dominating what I call those Mike and spots right next to the rim. He is fighting for rebounds there, fighting for position there over and over and over and over again, both sides. Um, he, he, I should say he makes moves at both sides. He's a right-hand finisher primarily, but does well to get to his right hand from the left block. Um, I was impressed when he gets bumped a little bit further out, like those dunker spot areas, um, you know, eight to 10 foot from the rim on both sides. Um, he's doing a great job of passing the basketball. And then it looked like to me, I'm not watching a whole lot of Tennessee. I'm watching this guy play, right? Um, it looked like to me, they run sets intentionally to get him the ball on the elbow to let him distribute the basketball. I don't know. He was, he wasn't really a big, tremendous shooting threat from the elbow but he was a distributor from that spot and i think that that fits in with what like houston liked to do in that high low action kind of stuff they did last year as well i think that translates really really well to what houston does and again he played for a team that really valued defense so i would think that that translates too. warren washington is another big guy that if uh nakamwa is like a little bit shorter but stockier warren washington is the seven foot 215 length arms wingspan etc like all of the things um he was at uh i guess he, he was just at arizona state but he's also spent time at nevada and oregon state um 9.2 points per game 6.9 rebounds per game to play just under 27 minutes per game but i think the deal with him is is he's so long he's so so long that um you know even if his vertical is probably in the, like the high 20s, low 30s, the length makes it feel like it's in the 40s because of how much of the rim he can defend in a single bound. Um, I'd be interested to see what Houston does in developing that kind of an athlete. It's been a while since we had a long seven-footer. It's been a while. I guess it's been like 18 months. But you got me, right? Um, I think that that kind of a guy would be really well-fitted too for Houston as they move into the Big 12 where they will see seven-footers throughout the conference in a way they didn't always see – them in the American. Um, I don't know if he'd become a 35 minute per game guy at Houston. He might still be in the 28, 29, 30 range, um, probably close to the 28 spot, but having the versatility of having a like long seven footer and then having a Jawan Roberts or having even Javier Francis, like having options there with a bunch of different types of athletes. We interesting to see what Houston did with those guys. Uh, similarly, um, Aziz, uh, Bodego, Bodego. Um, he's a seven foot, two hundred twenty five pound guy from Utah Valley. He was actually at Akron before that, um, but he is a stat stuffer from Utah Valley um, and defended the rim very, very well. Had three blocks a game, eleven point five points per game, ten point five rebounds per game. Um, he is a power five type of athlete that somehow 
went from Akron to Utah Valley and is looking at a bunch of different offers. I saw that uh, Gonzaga is like really heavily pursuing him. So you may have to steal him from Gonzaga, but I think they can pull that off. I think the other thing about that is it's worth interesting, like pointing out is that Gonzaga is one of those programs that much like, you know, we mentioned uh, Commonwealth from Tennessee, like played tough defense, Tennessee. I trust what Mark View and Gonzaga do as well in their, like their talent evaluations. And Houston's in on this guy a little bit. It's not quite the same. It just sounds like Gonzaga's at the inside track. Um, but if multiple schools like that, the schools that play good basketball are seeing it, I would trust that it's not just like hype, right? I think he's got it going. Um, now, I say all that to say that Houston's got a bunch of big guys they can go with. And while I think Grant Nelson would be a great pickup for the Houston Cougars, they're not screwed if they don't get him. They just need to go get another big guy with that extra roster spot they got after um, Malik Wilson Lee left, right? So I think they're in a good spot. I think Aaron Nelson, while he is the hot name on the block and would be great, is not this end-all, be-all guy. Um, so we'll see where they go with it. We may have a decision from Grant Wilson uh, you know, kind of late in this process because of him waiting to see what the pro valuations are. So while we'll be following it throughout the entire time here on Go- on uh, Locked on Cougs, um, I, I'm i not sure that we'll have an answer anytime soon. And so that's why I kind of wait throughout this week to see if maybe they spent that roster on someone else. They have not. And they may be waiting for Grant Nelson to narrow his list or something like that. But he he's very content to look at the pros, and he may take a minute to get in uh, here from that. Um, in the third segment, I'd like to talk some about baseball and how the baseball team's going very, very quickly. So let's get after and talk some about baseball. Um, the baseball team beat Rice in 12 innings on Tuesday to win the silver glove. That is keeping the trophy on the right side of Houston once again. Um, they officially sealed the series. They still play Rice, I think it's next week actually, um, for the final game of the series. But Houston officially won that series. In a similar vein, um, they've won five straight conference series outside of that, right? Um, Houston's really, really turned it on. I mean, they haven't won five straight conference series in baseball since 2006. And that was in conference USA. That was a whole different conference, right? Um, Now for what it's worth, they're also, they are leading the entire American athletic conference in batting average, slugging uh, percentage, home home runs, runs, hits, RBIs, uh, saves, batter struck out, looking, fielding, uh, different fielding percentages, runners caught stealing, et cetera. They're kind of running away with this thing. Which leads me to how important Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are against Wichita State. Now, this series is at home, but they actually already played Wichita State a couple weeks back. Houston and Wichita State are, as far as conference record goes, tied for first in the conference. But Wichita State technically has the edge right now because they have the better overall record. Now, if both things were tied, it comes down to head-to-head. Um, and if Houston wins this weekend series, they will have won the head-to-head because they also won the last time these two teams played. Um, and the last time these two teams played, Houston beat Wichita State in two of the three games. They won 8-6 to six the first game, lost 1-6 to six on Saturday, and then won 17-3 to three in seven innings in a thriller on the Sunday. I say thriller because it's a lot of fun, I guess. Maybe Wichita State doesn't think that in the Sunday game. Um, this is really really important for Houston um, because as far as the conference goes, the only conference series they have left is Tulane. Tulane is 13 and 32. It's the second worst team in the conference. Winning this Wichita State series feels like it might lock up the regular season American Athletic Conference tournament or uh, regular season American Athletic Conference title. 
And the American Athletic Conference might be the kind of conference where you only have one team make it. So you got to win the tournament and so on, but that help out with seeding and so on. So again, the three games Wichita State this weekend are really, really important. Uh, MVP of the team thus far has been a kid named Zach Arnold. If you're not following the baseball program, A, go follow it. They're a lot of fun. But B, Zach Arnold leads the team in batting average, home runs. Uh, he's hit. The last time he had a game without a hit, I should say, was April 7th. You're listening to this on May 5th, right? Like, that's a long, stinking time. Grant uh, Zach Arnold's been great, great, great bat- baseball out of Zach Arnold. So make sure you go cheer him on and watch the Cougs this weekend. Um, if you can't get down to campus, make sure you check it out on ESPN Plus as well. Go Cougs, win the conference in baseball one when the America thought a conference in baseball one last time, then we'll start working on winning the Big 12 as well. If you've got more things to talk about with transfers or like to talk more about baseball, make sure you find me at Painsworth 512 P A I N S W O R T H 512 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all your favorite social media handles. Also, happy to talk with you. Comment down below if you want to leave something or leave me a note about what you did or didn't like down there. That would be fine and dandy as well. Thank you so much for making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. I'm going to recommend for your second listen because we had some fun talking about the Big 12 this week that you go listen to Locked On Big 12 because Josh had a big, big week. Got a little bit of an argument with Spencer, who was from the Locked On Pac 12 podcast. That was actually a really fun episode. So I'll go check that out as well. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to us and them. Locked On Cougs is the primary Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day.